Sylvia Schneider and Diana Dalbar with Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the internet horse community. Episode 187, Meet Equine Driving Expert Alex Fraser. Recorded on May 29, 2019. Brought to you in part by Ponsai Digital Media with online strategy consulting and advising by sylviaschneider.ca. And this episode is also brought to you by you, our listeners, through your generous Patreon donations at patreon.com slash equinepodcast. Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sylvia Schneider. And I'm Diana Belbar. This episode will include... Our usual little bit of chit-chat. Meet equine driving expert, Alex Fraser. And some important housekeeping items. So, Diana, what have you been up to this week? Well, let's see. On Sunday... Two of the girls and myself mm-hmm. uh, went down to the Poles and Barrels Fun Day at Hastings Lake. Right. And had a fabulous time. Yeah. Great weather. Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned that uh, last week. Yeah. Did you take any pictures? Did I do the Poles and Barrels last week? Oh, my oh, heavens. Oh, no. You were talking about how you were going to be doing it. Oh, that's what I... Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you're confusing me. No, okay. sorry. Did you yeah, take no, any pictures? Yeah, no, I had pictures? a lot of fun. No, I did not. Ah. But we did, you know, somebody took a video of oh, one nice. of the girls. So I'll see if I can put that up on uh, maybe I could put it on our Patreon, Patreon oh maybe yeah. yeah um that would be a really good thing uh for uh, teaching yeah yeah mm-hmm. cool all right well I had a very busy week keeping up with the new Facebook group uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's been really busy and really conversational I'm enjoying it well I finally managed to introduce myself to the group this morning yeah I saw a week that. later yeah that's yeah. okay I saw it and I was uh I was so glad you found some time to do it because I know that you are super busy well and yeah. not just that but super not technical oh it took well, me a while to figure out how to do it hey practice practice uh-huh. <laughs> you know I think the trick with any Facebook group is just to check into it when you have the time or you need the support of the group and you know don't feel like you have to read and follow everything when I pop into a group and see an interesting conversation I just put in the comment following this so I get notifications about that conversation and I belong to a lot Facebook groups. So that's my way of handling it. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, you'll yeah. be teaching me, I'm sure. <laughs> Give it a go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think that we're actually ready for our interview with Alex Fraser. It's a little bit long, so um, it's probably a good idea to start it right away. Sure. So we can clearly define Alex Fraser as an expert, right, Diana? Oh, I think so. Mm-hmm. He brings a wealth of experience and I love his down-to-earth attitude. Yeah. Yeah, well, and he is an expert, as you'll find out. (laughs) I think if there's one thing you could listen for in this uh, interview, it's when Alex talks about the difference between you holding the horse and the horse holding you. It's Mm -hmm. kind of like a relationship. Mm -hmm. There's certainly lots of insight into connection with the horse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we apologize in advance for the part we couldn't cut out of the interview. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, somebody walking by felt that they (laughs) needed to be heard. You know, (laughs) they were just oblivious. I don't know. Like I, I know they were looking at us, right? You'd you'd think that when you see somebody being interviewed, uh, you'd try to be a little bit quiet. But oh well, I guess it it doesn't always work that way. Nope, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's a great interview so let's have a listen all right well i'm here at the main event in red deer alberta canada and fortunate to be here with alex frazier and alex is a driving clinician here at the main event this year and so the very first thing that we want to do is let alex tell our listeners a little more about who he is uh, and how he got into horses in the first place (laughs) We have them sweating. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I've been in horses since I could walk. Uh, my family were in horses and stuff, so it's got into driving at the age of 25 when I met my wife, who had never been around horses, and we decided we'd do a horse thing that was different. Oh, fun. You know, so that she could be part of it. So we kind of learned the driving together. However... She just runs the bookwork of our business now, and I still run the horses. There you go. <laughs> and you need that. Too. And I need her. Yes. yes. I, I need her very badly. Yeah. Yes. She's probably quite happy in that position. Yes, yes. she is. Mm. She's quite happy that she doesn't get drug around or have to. <laughs> even though at night now that I'm here, she's at home shoveling and feeding. Oh. Yeah, there you go. And that's down in Oklahoma, right? No, that's in Montana. Uh, Montana. Right. Montana. Right. 
Okay. Which is not very far from here. No. Just over the border. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> right. And We're about 10 hours from Red Deer. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I, I think that we should tell our listeners that it was a real cute story you were telling us about how um, your mother was going to force you to take the school bus to school. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my mother was going to force me to take the school bus to school because she paid taxes. <laughs> and she said I was really lucky because I didn't have to ride a horse to school. Whoops. That was her big mistake, and she knows that. She, at least she knew it until the day she died. I should have never told that kid that. No, but, um, and so then my friends and I started riding our horses to school. 12 miles. 12 miles, yeah, it was 12 miles to school. And there was a rodeo grounds right next to the school where we could put the horses at the rodeo grounds while we were in school. And then we'd ride home in the evenings and we'd go swimming in the canals. Yeah, (laughs) too much fun. It was just great fun. And, you know... We didn't get home usually till way after dark because we were playing it, in that 12 miles. <laughs> and 12 miles is a fair hike in the first place, of right. course, right? So um, it would take you a while to get home anyway. But I think what made it really fun is you didn't have to take the horse. I didn't school. have to take the horse, and that was what was really cool about it. And my even my all the lady friend girlfriends <laughs> that I grew up with the kids I went to school with they were all horsey but none of the boys were oh. but now now the boys are wanting to ride to yeah. school with us so that we could yeah this is the, look at look out. at the, these girls all like to go to <laughs> so it was pretty cool yeah, yeah that's fun yeah. Um, now you're here at the main event um, as a uh, as a driving clinician right and what what kinds of things were you trying to get a, across to your uh, clinic participants well the main thing that i've been trying to get across to because in three days at you know an hour in the morning with a conversational lecture Uh and then an hour in the afternoon driving and there's only four people in the driving it's the same four every time you can't give them everything they need to know in those in three days Uh so um the the most important thing to me with horses is knowing your comfort zone with and your horse's comfort zone and where you two are comfort together and once you find that comfort zone you find a better safety zone because if your horse is comfortable and you're comfortable doing it then you're going to be safer doing it and have more fun and have more fun yeah um the other, and in that comfort zone you need to understand that you're not always kind of micromanaging the horse you're you're just feeling him and showing him where to go yeah so there's a lot of trust involved yeah well you know um in the horse world today we're we're very very big on everything being precise and micromanaging is the best word for it for me it's like no you will go over here now you know you use your leg to get him over here or over there and and it's all instead of just letting it happen you know Get out of your head and get into your gut and just have fun with it and enjoy it. And then the horse will enjoy it. You're going to get your circles so much better. You're going to get your your extensions so much better because now you're both relaxed. But when you're concentrating on, oh, he's not doing this or, oh, he's not doing that, the horse is frustrated and you're frustrated. Well, I think you, that, that really uh, brings home to me the fact that when you concentrate too much, it narrows your focus. Right. And that does make you tense. Right. So, you know, when when people say, you know, breathe, uh-huh. look out, open your vision peripherally. Right. And you will ride better. Right. Right. So right. that's something it's the of same the thing. that yeah. you're saying too. Yeah. Yeah. And it is. is If you're not looking ahead, your horse isn't going to go ahead. Um, you You'll know, be a drunken sailor. Right. <laughs> and people always will say, oh, my horse always holds its head to the left or right. And I go, no, the horse doesn't hold its head to the left or right. You hold its head to the left or right because you see it you know you might wake up this morning and go out driving and your horse is a little stiff so he starts out head left or head right you know because he's a little stiff and then you see it and you're looking at it if you keep your eye on that horse's head to the left or right you're holding it to the left or right if you look forward and ignore where his head is, it goes away. Awesome. But people do not understand that. Yeah. Oh, I've got to straighten. And then when they try to straighten him out, then they look like they're a drunken sailor because they're over steering. <laughs> and it's um, so that that is really important. The connection on the bit is really important. We work with I work with that a lot because 
you do not have your seat and legs. Right. You're sitting eight feet behind a single horse's mouth on a piece of naga hide, and no matter how hard these people squeeze that naga hide, <laughs> it doesn't slow it down or make it speed up or anything. So you've got to learn how to have that horse on the bit. And what a lot of people don't understand about a horse being on the bit is it's not you holding him on the bit, it's him holding you. Yes. So if you feel him holding your hand instead of your hand holding his mouth, that's the difference. Do you think a lot of people maybe try to get too light, too? As soon as they feel that horse taking a hold of no. their hand a bit, they maybe yeah. start to think, oh, my God, he's leaning into my hands? Right. Um, a lot of people have a tendency to get too light because, especially if they come from the Western riding where you throw your lines away a lot, but even in the top Western riding if you're doing a reining pattern, you can't throw the lines away. No. You've got to be there because that, that's being there is that instant. It's a partnership. Right. Yeah. And you're, you know, the other thing that you'll see in the connection part is in the driving world, and, and you see it in the riding world, but I see it more in the driving world because that's what I do, is people thinking when they're cantering their horses that they have to, to go stretch with the horse every time he goes forward, every time he makes that leap forward they have to and they let go of the lines and I go no that's when you want to hold them and they go no because he's got you've got to let go of that so that he can leap out forward and I go no you don't I says once he's going his body is the same length as if he was standing still it just during the transition that it changes length and that causes a lot of runaways because then if you let go you've lost that connection the horse is no longer secure with you and he goes looking for that connection and then he picks up the speed looking for the connection and then you're going okay he's running a little faster than i really want him to and you jerk back and anytime you jerk back it's a boop on the jaw, bottom jaw that's a fear thing to them yeah. and then they'll even go then they run through the bridle yeah, right. yeah. And so what I use for an example of that when people say, oh, no, you got to loosen up when they're running, I say, have you ever watched the Kentucky Derby or the Preakness or the Belmont? I said, the faster those horses are running, the harder the jockey's holding them so he can guide them. <laughs> it's not a break hold. It's just a hold. Yeah. You know, and that's a hard one to get across to people. And it's hard for people to understand the difference between them holding the horse and the horse holding them. Well, I have a question. So are these people who are riders and they are learning to drive, or have they been driving? I would say the majority of my the majority of my clients are women from the age of 55 to 75 years old who have been horse riders, most of them. They're, yeah. And, and they don't want to ride anymore. They don't want to, they don't want to climb up on a big horse and yeah. straddle. And they just want to but they don't want to give up horses. So that's the confusion, because I've never driven. But uh -huh. I'm thinking, okay, so you do. When the horse is cantering, you go with it. Yeah. But when you're driving, that whole cart is moving uh -huh. with it. So you have to hold. Right. Yeah, yeah the cart yeah. is moving. The carriage is moving with the horse. Yeah. Your body. And, you know, so you don't have to do that. No. But, and you really, sometimes when you're riding, you really don't have to do that. If, if you think about it, but no. it's everybody, everybody has, you know, it's like for me today in this driving part of it, and some gentleman asked me about hooking up a single and unhooking it because he, he does it the way I do it, but he says, I've seen a lot of clinicians and a lot of people who do it the opposite. So he wanted me to explain why I do it my way so people would understand it which is um, unhooking the holdback straps before you unhook the traces. Because, so, but what I teach, when I teach driving, whether you're hooking a single, a pair, or a four, whatever, the last thing you hooked up is the first thing you unhook. You just yes, go backwards. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then and I... I can explain. I've had a couple of students who've come to me from old school, um, you know, grew up as old cowboy type old school driving and stuff, and they've come to me, and they, they're kind of set in their ways, and I go, no, I don't like that. 
And I've had a couple of them afterwards say, well, the only reason we've changed to what you tell us, because, and they're guys that are my age or younger, but they're old school, they say is because you can explain (laughs) why why you do it this way. And then it makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know. And and because Grandpa did it this way, Grandpa did it this way because Great-Grandpa did it this way, and Great-Grandpa really didn't explain to the kid what to do. He just said, go do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the job had to get done. But now, you know, and great grandpa's horses were worked so hard. Yeah, and <laughs> so frequently. Th- and they wanted to stand and not do anything. Yeah. <laughs> that was their rest period, you know. So, but today's horses, you know, it's like there's a gentleman and his wife here from Canada that have bought a four up from me. And I taught him how to drive a four and stuff. And he's one of those that's told me, he says, well, you've explained to me, so that's why I do it this way do it now. This way now. But he'll say, you know, when I bought him his first three, well, he had one horse, and I bought him three to go with him. And one of them was a three-year-old three that only had 30 days of training. And he says, Alex, that horse won't have enough training for us. We, we're not that good at drivers. And I says, this horse had more t- driving in 30 days than he'll probably have in the rest of his life. <laughs> because he was on an Amish farm having to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they put him to work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he understands that now. Yeah. The horse that he, I bought for him at that time that he thought after six months that he was going to get rid of because he snorted and made a lot of noise and that he says that's the best horse I own now (laughs) he says I got over his snorting and it didn't intimidate me anymore and he says I can do anything with that horse there you go so it's not you know we see a snorty horse so we see a horse that's a little cranky you know I tried to sell a horse the other day and um to a lady uh, it's uh, a pony sized horse that could really make a top pony level competition horse and she didn't buy it because he w- wasn't in her pocket. Oh. And yeah. I said, you know, if you owned him for six months, I bet you he'd, you couldn't get him out of your pocket. Yeah. Yeah. But I said, yeah. I don't want my horses in my pocket. No. Yeah. He loves me because I'm the guy that feeds him. I'm the one that works him and stuff. And he'll, he responds to me and he trusts me. When a stranger comes in, he wants to walk away. You know, until he gets to know him. But everybody wants it. I says, he's not a Ford pickup. You're not going to go turn on a key. No. And drive out of the parking lot. Mm-hmm. No, no. He's a, you know. And so these are the things that we have to work with today because our people are coming from a whole different background. Yes. You know, even our horse people weren't raised with horses the way I was as a kid. Yeah. You know, it's hard to be that way these days. Yeah, it is. It's difficult. And you come to these fairs this is what the biggest one in canada probably and you come to these and you see the gimmicks <laughs> you know i mean these people are making money selling a lot of stuff when i was a kid you didn't have gimmicks you used what you had yeah <laughs> you know there wasn't 50 different you made your tools <laughs> yeah right and and i'm not putting the gimmicks down and i'm not doing this and that but it's like it's made the sport to me almost Untouchable for some people because by the time you buy all this extra stuff and you know, it's looking down there at ten, twelve thousand dollar saddles that are mm. wait, why is it that mm-hmm. you know? And you look isn't that at, what it used to be? The saddle was worth more than the horse way back in the yeah, old days. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, and but look at the price of horses now. Yeah, I mean, I keep saying every year when I go to to auctions to buy horses for people because I do a lot of on order buying. I keep thinking, oh, this year is going to be the year they're going to come back down. <laughs> and, you know, they just keep going up and up because there's nobody training really good horses anymore. Mm-hmm. So the few really good trained good horses. They're worth a lot of money. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I won't buy a horse just to buy a horse. It's yeah. got to have confirmation. It's got to have everything that I think it, uh, the person I'm buying for needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm good things going for it yeah. yeah and now people are willing to pay the price so yeah I, I always said to people when they asked me what a horse was worth it's worth whatever the person that's selling it is willing to sell it for right. and whatever the person buying is willing to pay, pay for, for it. it right well that's so. about anything you know i have <laughs> uh, tons and tons of ancient ancient i mean 1600 and 1800 antiques that were my grandmother's 
and they're worth a lot of money, but they're only worth a lot of money to somebody who's going to pay for them. Yeah, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, you know, if you you got to get to that right market. Yeah. And Dear Lodge Montana won't be the market if I, I, t- I tell my kids all the time, don't just give this stuff away because you might be rich. Yeah. You know, because it's Do old. Do some research. Yeah. Do some research, yeah. you know. But, yeah. And it's stuff that I don't want to get rid of. But that's the same thing with the horses. You know, I had a lady in the clinic yesterday who had a horse that she had sent to a trainer who had a shingle out, and he... And she sent the horse a little older, which I am up and down on older horses. Teaching old dogs new tricks sometimes, Mm -hmm. to me, is not the best thing, but each to their own. Um, But she sent him to this person, and she went over to see how the horse was doing, and the guy wasn't even there, and she couldn't even get near her horse, and the horse had some issues. So she went and picked it up and took it home. And so she was talking to me about what can I do to get him over. He's nine years old. I just castrated him as an eight-year-old, sent him to this trainer, and now I got him home, and I'm starting him from scratch. And I'm going, you know, this horse has got two strikes against him, his age and the fact that he's already been with somebody that's pissed him off or just messed with with his mind. Mm -hmm. And so they go, I says, so I I can't tell you what to do. And I'm a firm believer and this one, I will say nine out of ten times people won't agree with me, but you don't go back to square one. You know, if I f- flunk out of a class in college, they're not going to take me back to the first grade. Right. They're going to take me back to where I flunked out and work on. And that's the way I feel you should do with horses. All these people that go, oh, we're going back to square one to start over, I think the horse knows. <laughs> ah, they're afraid of us. They're, uh-huh. going, you know, they're, they're doing stuff that we did back in ancient history you know, or whatever so I think you need to go back to where maybe the accident or the whatever problem started and go forward Yeah, right. and a lot of people oh gotta go back and like he's never been touched before mm. you know and, and they have you yeah. can't you can't it could, it could be their fear yeah that's yeah. that's uh, dictating to them to do that rather right. than the yeah. problem with the horse. Yeah. Right. It, it, I'm sure it is, and I'm sure the horse figures that out quick because <laughs> yeah. I've seen it more than once. But the problem is, of course, that you're not training a horse or retraining a horse um, from this just this problem, but you're continually training or retraining mm-hmm. a horse all yeah. the way along until the but day you're done yeah well and we're doing that as humans yeah mm-hmm. and anybody oh, yes. anybody yeah. who thinks because i've been to college and i got my degree i've stopped learning <laughs> yeah. you know i yeah. look at my clients that are neurosurgeons and stuff and i say are you still doing surgery the way you were taught in school yeah. hell no i came up with a better way yeah. that works yeah. for me yeah. okay then come up with a better way of driving your horses that works for you instead of trying to do the same thing I think you did happen to say in that last clinic if you're still doing the same thing the same way and expecting different results mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the definition, definition right? of insanity yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well I think that's a, a bit of a segue then into um, the fact that you have been used as an expert witness mm-hmm. when there have been um, accidents mm-hmm. with carriages right. and there have been insurance claims involved right. well and accidents most of those accidents are because you got hurt at my place and your insurance doesn't want to pay your doctor bill, so they want my insurance, so they're taking you against me. It's not really you against me. It's our insurance companies against, against each, each other. other yeah. But they have to use us because we're their clients. Um, that's the biggest part of lawsuits, you know, and that's a sad part. But again, thank God for insurance because sometimes when these things happen, you're glad you got them to pay for it instead of... Yeah, for sure. But the one thing that I have found, and, and maybe it's to pat myself on the back, which is not what I'm wanting to do, but one thing I found in all the years I've been training horses and all the different aspects of driving and stuff I have done with horses, and when you've worked as many thousands of horses that I have in my lifetime you're going to have orangutans. You're going to have... My wife's biggest fear for the longest time was when was she going to get a phone call that I was dead in a hospital because some horse mm-hmm. mauled me or something. Um, 
I keep informing her that isn't the way I'm going to die, so don't worry <laughs> about it. You know, I don't know how I'm going to die, but I don't see myself being... I, and I've been unconscious for days at a time from it and stuff. But one of the things on this expert witnessing thing that I have learned, there is very few accidents or very few things that a horse has done that I haven't experienced. So if you want to call it a sixth sense or something, it's because I've experienced it, but I remember it. Yeah. So when I read a deposition and read what the horse did and what the driver did, then I go, oh, yeah, <laughs> that one happened. I've been there, you know. Yeah. And so I think that's what makes my success rate in w witnessing better is because, you know, I can... I can just see it. I mean, I can close my eyes and see it like it's happening right in front of me. Yeah. And, you know, so, of course, the lawyers on the other side are going to say to me, they're going to say, well, do you think of yourself as a, uh, a horse psychic or something? And, <laughs> yeah. and, of course, you're going to say no, because if you say that, then they're going to... They, they, yeah. and, but it is a bit of a psyche, because you've learned it, yeah. you know. You what is psyche? You, yeah. recognize you recognize it, it from things that have happened. Yeah. Yeah. But I say no. And the other big thing that they, they try to hit me with, because, uh, yeah. of course, the lawyers from the other side want to prove you as not being a competent yeah, witness. Right. Incompetent. Yeah. Incompetent. And, and so, therefore, they have to make you look foolish and weird. Or try. Uh -huh, <laughs> or try. And they'll, the first thing is, well... How many years of education do you have? And I go, well, let me see. I've been driving and riding since I could walk, and um, so I'm 70 years old. <laughs> what? You know, does that mean 70 years? You know, and but of course they look at scholastical yeah. attitude, and they go, no. What? How? How many college and how many papers? I says there isn't a college class. That teaches you these things. Right. Yeah, exactly. they could teach you the understanding mm -hmm. of the n anatomy and all of the stuff that goes on with the horses, but they can't teach you. They, they can't give you the experience. No, yeah. they can't yeah. give you that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's the same thing with a neurosurgeon. Yeah. He can go to school and learn to become a neurosurgeon, but he doesn't get the experience of surgery until he's actually in surgery yeah. doing that's it. That's right. And then he has to see it. Yeah. Then he has to see it. And he has to know. And one of my best clients and best friends is a neurosurgeon. And he says, then you, when you're in there and it's so technical, you have to be ready now. Yeah. You can't be, oh, God, maybe this one should have been done this no. way. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're <laughs> yeah, you have to start taking over with instinct. And a yeah. lot of that is what happens with horses, too. Because oh, yeah. I think one of the things that I've heard before is if, you're, if you are going to experience a runaway with a horse, Mm -hmm. You've got half a second to stop it, mm -hmm. right? Like it's oh, yeah. My, I always tell my students, I says, if you can get your horse on the first jump, because, you know, when they bolt, they do that jump. Yeah. If you can get him on the first jump, you got him. Yeah. Second jump, it's 50-50. I don't like 50-50. <laughs> Third jump, you're usually kissing yourself goodbye, uh -huh. but you're still trying on the 20th. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're no matter what, you're always trying to get him back in, but... There's, a, there's another another good segue, I think, into um, what 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 do you think the m most common mistakes are that people make that end them that get them into that kind of a situation? Yeah. Probably the biggest thing that causes a runaway is when your horse startles and you take up the slack fast and. Also, because you're dry, you're going down the road. You will see these people, and this is the carriage business we talked about earlier, where people are just driving like because they're bored down the road. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're bored. They're not paying yeah. attention, and everything's loose. You know, a Safeway flag, or uh, not a Safeway. Uh, let's put a Walmart flag is hanging on a fence. You know, those plastic bags that are everywhere oh, in the dear, wind. Yes. And your horse jumps sideways. Well, if you're half asleep and you've got two inches of slack, you hit that two And he awakes before you do. And then you hit it with that two inches of slack. You're sending a second fear into him. And then he's gone. So anyway, when you, and, and when you hit, if you think about... If most of us have all towed a car behind a car, mm -hmm. or been towed in a car behind a car, oh, yeah. and the and the tow chain goes slack, and then when it goes tight, yeah. it just jerks. Yeah. So think about that on a horse's mouth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's already spooked at this sack on the fence, 
and now you jerk back on him, that's telling him that you're afraid. Yeah. And so now that's going to set it. That causes a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that probably causes a lot of uh, wrecks and accidents is, especially with a single horse, and you're just sitting there, and he is bored, you know, like maybe you're in a lineup for a class or something, he's just, and he starts backing up, and you start pushing on the lines. When a horse, so many people, when a horse starts backing up, especially a single, they'll push on those lines. Well, you know, they're not stiff. Right. No, you can't. If you have two sticks. So what I I always say, that's when you gather up and get them tighter. But they're already coming back. Yeah, get them tighter. Take your buggy whip and slap them forward. The main thing is whenever a horse is going, starting to do this, Mm -hmm. sideways back and forth, or, or back up, the main thing is get him forward. Get him into the collar. Get him into draft. Get him forward. Because as long as they're forward, and that's what I was trying to get those people out there to do today. If you really want these horses to start bending, you've got to get them forward. You've got to get them freed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they're not forward, they're not freed up. But I guess that would be a lot like, um, not too many people drive what, what we call Armstrong steering anymore. Everybody's mm-hmm. got power steering cars, right? Mm-hmm. But if you do drive a, a a car that doesn't have power steering. If you don't have gas on when you're trying to steer, you can't. Forget that. (laughs) Or the difference between driving the way um, old farmers and ranchers did with the loose lines, but those horses were pulling plows and heavy loads all the time. You didn't need the connection because they were tired and they were pulling, you know, everything was in the draft, so the mouth... They were anchored. Yeah. (laughs) It was already anchored from behind them, right. But... Now they're pulling these little lightweight carts and they're doing this and they're doing that. And so once they get going, you know, that big Pertron in there today. I mean, super sweet guy. Probably the two days, probably the most calm and relaxed and flexible horse of all of them. But if he wanted to take with that little teeny blue cart behind him, it's like... Oh, get this mosquito trap yeah. off my back, you know? It's yeah. like, it's nothing there no. yeah. for no. a ton yeah. horse. No. Yeah. yeah. And people don't realize that. Yeah. You yeah. know, they'll be hauling back on those, and he's just running as fast as he can, and it's like, oh, there's nothing back there, <laughs> you know, because... And then, then, too, one of the other things that I think that we really can't get into because there's probably so many issues, but you talked a little bit today about the harness and the way it was set up and whether it mm-hmm. was comfortable or not, but even the fact that people will use um, an easy clip, you know, something mm-hmm. that just snaps on, on a rein, mm-hmm. and then if, if they've got two horses together and that horse reaches, you know, over, reaches and over and catches. And catches the two horses together or catches on a fence or, like, I think those clips that... That are easy snap-on clips are, are not a good idea. I don't use, you know, a lot of people who make harness will put snaps on the end of the lines, and they already have the buckle back billets. Take two seconds and buckle back. Mm. Yeah. And and they'll um, on the whole back straps on the singles. They'll put snap. They'll just leave them on the shafts, and then put them. Snaps and the girl with the fjord had that on hers, and she had good um, carabiners—not carabiners, but she had those sailor snaps that are that we use for even hooking them to the carriage. She had good ones on there, but I go, you know what? Take those off. You're gonna get, you're gonna lose four inches of sloppy movement from that, and mm-hmm. it's gonna take you two seconds to make a shav wrap and lean it back in. So do it. Do don't, it. Don't. They, yeah. they, they are, it really, We're what they all, are is a shortcut. They're a shortcut. Yeah. And we as humans are always looking, looking for, for the shortcut. shortcut. Mm-hmm. Um, now, for today, on the Faresian mare, I mean, I was amazed at how softer she was today than she was yesterday. But it was because the way her shafts were twisted in on her harness and the way her harness is built and the way her, sh- her shaft loops are, it isn't correct for this apparatus. It isn't the right hookups and everything. He's just kind of, and he's made it work. Yeah. But yesterday, because of it, they were either catching on her saddle and pulling on it or getting under her saddle and pushing on it. Mm-hmm. And that had to be uncomfortable for her, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And I'm, so today when I made him 
widen everything and, and get those shafts away from her. She was a completely different horse. Yesterday, the little Fjord horse was not, and, and Fjords aren't known for great extension because they're kind of short-legged and underset. Mm -hmm. But yesterday I says, you know, I really believe your collar is too low. And she says, well, everybody tells me it's that it's too high. I says, no. And she says, well, want to cut off his wind. I says, the esophagus doesn't start where the fat starts. <laughs> it start, you know, it's up here. Yeah. So, you know, and we moved it up one notch, just one notch. And then I says, okay, now go out. And the crowd just went crazy. My God, he's really trotting. <laughs> you know, he's, he was really linking. And so today, being the second day of it, he was even more, or she was even more comfortable with it. And the girl was more comfortable with watching where she was going instead of watching the horse. So today, there was a great improvement. You know, and it, it makes me feel good when I'm yeah. not the only person that sees it. When some of the people in the yeah. audience go, wow, that's a big difference, yeah. just from the little changes. So there there are clubs, and, and you just, people have to find them, if they want to do this, they have to find themselves someone who knows what right. they're doing. Right. And, uh, and there's a lot out there that don't. Uh-huh. There's a lot, you know, my old, this dearest friend, she says... Yesterday I couldn't spell trainer. Today I are one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, because great. she she took one writing lesson. You know, now I'm a trainer, <laughs> and we have a lot of those people who, because they're do, having what they consider good luck with their horses, and I'm not putting them down, but just because you're having good luck with your horse doesn't mean you're a trainer. It also no. doesn't mean that. Um, the same thing works with coaching. It also doesn't mean that because you can do it, you can teach it. Mm -hmm. right. right. That's true. Right. And so, so yeah. And so you have to be able to explain things so many different ways, oh. which mm. is why I, I love <laughs> watching coaches and trainers, all different ones. Yeah. And, you know, you, getting something. You from have to be able to. And, for example, today with that, that variation of horses and the variation of the people driving and what they really want. You have to go, okay, what do I say, you know? And it was amazing for me yesterday that the the best horse in the whole bunch was the Pertron because Pertrons usually aren't that flexible. They're big, solid. Yeah. He's flexible for a big guy. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, she's flexible, and she's, she and her husband do it all themselves, and that horse trusts her. Mm -hmm. And that's what – so that goes right back to all the stuff I've been saying. Once you find that confidence between yourself and your horse and, and that connection, it's just like, whoa. Yeah. Now we can start asking for the bending and flexing and the, the straight lines and stuff. But I think, you know, when you say be on your toes all the time, be connected to your horse all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like any time anyone takes a horse out of the arena and goes down riding down the road, I say, hey. You know, pay attention to your horse. I mean, right. it's, it's one thing to just be out looking around and enjoying it and keeping your peripheral vision open and uh -huh. making sure you see the things that the horse is going to see first uh -huh. and, and things like that. But when people just get sloppy uh -huh. and just go, la-di-da-di-da, uh -huh. yeah, they yep. get and, and it's And, you know, and I have a lot of clients who go, I don't want to be driving in that uptight. So you don't have to be uptight to do this. No. You just have to be aware, uh -huh. you yes. know, and but... You're not. I'm not uptight. I drove all the way from Deer Lodge to here. I wasn't uptight with my driving. I, I was aware of the cars around me and everything, but I, I just, you know, and I came right through downtown Calgary because everybody was saying, oh, you need to go down Stony, whatever it is. And, that. <laughs> and I, I came up Deerfoot, and it, it was, I moved fast the whole way. I got here. Yeah. I don't have to, t and, you know, if I'm driving through Chicago, I don't take the roundabouts because they're always way more clustered than they're going right through Chicago. <laughs> it's like, I'm going through Chicago. I'm sorry. It's, it's oh, that's, well, it, I think it's just awesome. Um, I hope my sister listens to this one. <laughs> she's, been, she's been driving a little pony in Claire's home, okay. driving it down the streets of Claire's home and across right. the highway and well, all about her. So, yeah, mm -hmm. she's awesome. Uh, but she also drives her dogs. Mm -hmm. All right. And yeah, yeah. So it's just <laughs> awesome. Um, I wish I, I should have told her to come here and yeah. see all that was going on. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. I Be hope. But you before you, before we let you go, if people want to know more about uh, Alex Fraser, how do they find out, or how do they well, get in the, touch? At Fraser School of Driving, www. 
drivehorses.com. Oh, that's pretty simple. That's great. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah. And um, also Wild Horse Books and Art. Yeah, my wife sells books and artwork. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. That's Kale. So, yeah, that's Kale. <laughs> and when you go to Fraser School of Driving, to make reservations or anything. You talk to Kale, you don't talk to Alex. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. My secretary. There you go. Who doesn't get paid. <laughs> who doesn't get paid. That's right. But, yeah, oh, no. Thank you so much, Well, Alex. thank you. That was, was fun. I'm, I hope it works out for you. It, it'll be great. It'll be great. Okay. Thanks so much. I love that in his horse origin story, it's all about the guy with the horses, and the girl knew nothing about them. You're talking about his wife, right? Yeah, yeah, when yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, when he talked about them both learning to drive at the same time, yes. so it would be something different for him. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about the first part of the story when it was all about the number of girls riding <laughs> and Alex being the only boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I thought, you know, my daughter would say, that sounds just like you, Mom. We pay taxes to provide bus services. You're going to use it. <laughs> Besides which, I was a bus driver. so. Oh, yeah, and uh, so was I. Well, thanks course, yeah. thanks to you <laughs> and my constantly being a parent volunteer driver of field trips. Yeah. 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 I spent more time driving field trips, and it just seemed like a natural turning into a bus driver. Yeah, it was funny. <laughs> anyway, Alex made the point that the way things are today, with all the equipment and the gimmicky tack and the fact that people haven't grown up with horses like Alex did, that it's made the sport almost untouchable. What do you think about that, Diana? Well, I, I think, you know, I think he's right. I think horse sports can be expensive, but generally that's when you're competing that it gets really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is still possible to join pleasure clubs for just that, pleasure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know our Hastings Lake Pleasure Horse Club was originally about driving, and we still have a couple of driving members. Well, that's why I like what Trevor Mert has said in the last episode. Um, extreme cowboy race is just about the try. Mm-hmm. And, like... I think that if somebody has a passion for horses and for working with them, they will always find a way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, it might not be um, them going to the Olympics, <laughs> but they should never stop trying if that's what they want to do. It might not be about them competing, but they can certainly find a way to be involved and and have fun with them for sure. I think it's funny, you know, when I think about it, there's a lot of older people that end up coming into riding later mm-hmm. because they couldn't afford it young or, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it's kind of like on their bucket list? Yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes they do do just that, but they get into it more for pleasure than mm-hmm. for other. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot to be said for that. Oh, for sure. Uh, I kind of have to change my thinking about carriage tourism based on Alex's comments uh, when he said that he's seeing uneducated hired help working with the horses and carriages. So this doesn't mean I think they should be shut down. It just means that, once again, I see this as a people problem and not a horse problem. There should be regulations that allow the carriage tourism industry because these horses need jobs. But there should be training for the hired workers to make them qualified for their positions, just like in any other industry. Mm-hmm. I say let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, meaning... <laughs> Oops. Okay. Sorry. So meaning that um, carriage horses are incredible. Yes. And it's wonderful. And it's such an addition to the cities that have them. Mm-hmm. And the horses really do, I mean, need 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 the work. I mm-hmm. mean, there have been times when we almost lost, you know, especially the heavy horses. Mm-hmm. Due to a lack of, of interest and knowledge, interest and, and knowledge and work for them. Yeah. So you know, yeah, clean up the industry, but don't throw out the riding. Don't yeah, throw don't, out the carriages. Don't, don't and throw the out what we already have. Yeah, just up. yeah, fix it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I um, yeah, I I was really glad we talked to him because it it kind of changed my perspective a little bit, but uh, not enough to say, to agree with people who say, oh, get rid of it. It's, you know, it's a oh, hazard. And... He would never agree with that. No, either. he would never agree no. with that either. No. no. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> well, any events on the horizon? Um, I think the Spruce Meadows National is happening in Calgary almost right away. I think mm. it's happening the first week of June. Right. I saw something about that, but mm. I have a fun show coming up. 
right about that time. Yeah, no, I don't think we're planning on going to the National, but it'll be exciting. So if anybody has an opportunity to do that, they really should. Mm -hmm. And then they should tell us about it. (laughs) Yeah, so the the fun show that you said is coming up June 8th, right? Mm -hmm. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I wonder if I'll get a chance to pop by. I hope so. It's close enough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. Closer to you than me. And I got my email to help as a volunteer for the equine entries in our local Canada Day Parade. So summer must be here. That's coming. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, dear. Um, and, And now I see the next thing on our queue is the news. And... We actually talked about this in the last episode, Mm -hmm. and we had some technical problems. We had a bad technological day that day, Mm -hmm. and uh, I had to cut it out of the episode because it was was kind of messed up. But it's uh, some really sad news, and it was to do with Eric Lamaze, Mm -hmm. uh, Canadian Olympic champion Eric Lamaze. And we, it's probably... um, news to a lot of people we had heard about this I had heard about this over a year ago but I thought it I you know I can't say anything it could be a rumor I'm not sure I don't know facts and it was that and he just recently announced mm-hmm. that he is um suffering a brain tumor yeah battling yeah. battling a brain tumor battling a brain for tumor. the last year and a half mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so, yeah, and he didn't say a lot about it because he was uncertain about how to handle it and not trying to scare people. And yeah, and he was just working hard at trying to carry on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's and a trooper. Yeah, I think that it's, um, I think it just seems so unfair because he has had uh, a lot of obstacles as he's come through the show jumping, mm-hmm. his show jumping career. And we've known him. We've since he was a teenager yeah yeah and you know he's always found a way to come back and it's like he had his his uh, life on an even keel and then he gets hit with this and you face so many obstacles as a show jumper um day in and day out just Mm -hmm. trying to do your best and and get things done and then to be hit with something like this it just doesn't seem right Mm -hmm. but He's a fighter. Yeah. And so we wish him all the best. Well, he plans to keep riding riding as long as his body allows. Mm -hmm. So So we'll look forward to seeing him. Yeah, yeah. All righty. Well, I just wanted to uh, give another thank you to our patrons for helping us to keep the podcast going. And without the help of our patrons, it would be much more difficult to get these episodes out. Yep. And if people are listening to this podcast and enjoying the episodes, they could help us bring more quality episodes along by supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash equine podcast. Yeah, that would be great. And I just, uh, the housekeeping item, one of the housekeeping items I didn't put down was that I'm going to be pulling another maybe 10 to 20 episodes off. So if you want to uh, catch some of these older episodes, now would be the time to do it because before June 4th, I will be pulling those down Mm. because of the cost. Mm. (laughs) It's just too much to keep the uh, episodes stored up on the server that they're on and uh, the bandwidth for having them um, being, um, you know, like for people listening to them and stuff. So... Uh, hey, Diana, let's chat a little bit about the new community Facebook mm-hmm. group. Uh, we welcomed the first members in last Wednesday with a personalized video, and I think some of the new members are still discovering their videos. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they didn't get lost in space. I still have issues finding things. You know, it, Facebook can be like that. It can be mm-hmm. a little bit tricky to um, to maneuver and figure out. And I think the more you use it, the more you figure out where it hides things. So <laughs> yeah. Until they change it again. Until they change it again. Yes, mm. it's true. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there have been some really good uh, participation, despite the Mm -hmm. fact that we're deep into the riding and showing season, really. Mm -hmm. And one of the benefits of this group is that you have an opportunity to set some goals for yourself and let the other members know uh, what they are, then talk about how they're going. Hmm. Setting goals, that's a little like making lists. No, 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 no. (laughs) It's actually you set the goal that you want to achieve and then you figure out what you need to do to get there. You have to write it down. For some people that is um, mind mapping, Mm -hmm. it's drawing pictures, it's journaling. And for me, it's making lists. I break it into chunks how Mm -hmm. I'm going to get there. So that's what I like to do. I dream. You dream? Now, what did they say? You need to uh, set yourself goals to get beyond that? Well... (laughs) I'm living my dream. Oh, yeah? All Mm -hmm. right. Okay. Well, 
I think that it's a really cozy group at the moment, but it would be great to see even more people enjoying the conversation. Oh, for sure. You know, (laughs) the more the merrier. And then the more people that there are to join those conversations, then it makes for fewer gaps because, you know, people are in there all the time. It also makes for um, like a broader uh, perspective. Perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, when you join as a member, remember to answer the three questions when going through the join process. Now, there's a couple of reasons to do this. One is so we can get to know a little bit about the member joining. And the second reason is, believe it or not, there are a lot of bots and fake accounts looking to capitalize on getting into communities. Yikes. Yeah, it would be nice to just eliminate some of those by seeing the answers from real people who are actually interested in joining the group for a real reason. (laughs) Oh, it's going to be a great community where anyone interested in horses and other equines, like my little donkey... Yeah. And chat and enjoy being together. Yeah. Oh, I should send, put up a picture of my little donkey. You should. What's his name? Charlie. Uh, Charlie. Okay, right. And yeah, no, it was the uh, it was the steer that was Chuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I keep getting the two confused. I want to call the donkey Chuck. Anyway. Um, okay. So Actually, you, his name was Charlie too. Was his name Charlie too? The bull. The bull was Charlie. Bull. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. To uh, become a member, just go to the Equinely Inclined Facebook page at facebook.com slash equinelyinclined. There's a visit group button under the main image at the top of the page. Click on that to begin the join process. Answer the questions. Please. And, yes, please. <laughs> and we'll see you on the inside. Hey, <laughs> did you know that when you like our page, you'll hear your name when we welcome you at this spot in our next episode? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. (laughs) And if people are not on Facebook, please let us know what your favorite social media platform is. You can reach us by email at podcast at canadaequine.com. So we are going to be looking forward to our next episode pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And we do have at least three more interviews for our listeners. So we need to keep going. Are you okay for recording next week, Diana? Absolutely. Okay. I was afraid you might be too busy getting ready for the show or something. Oh, no. Okay. So, listeners, we can't wait to see you in the group so we can be more engaged with you. By the way. Yeah. By the way, if you're one of those horse-crazy people who don't know how to fill that horseless void, let us know. We want to help you. (laughs) And please find someone new to introduce to the world of horses. Mm -hmm. Oh, and one last message, a heartfelt thank you to all our patrons for their support. You can find out more about our Patreon account at patreon.com slash equine podcast. So, until our next episode, bye from Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belvar, and give your horses big hugs for us. <laughs>